0: So this evening we're starting a new season uh, in the church year. Uh, That is the season of Lent. It's the first Sunday of Lent, this uh, 40-day journey as we walk towards Easter. Uh, This year for for the sermon series, I've picked a title that I'm calling From Death to Life. Basically, we are exploring the path to the cross of death as we walk the journey to new life. That's what this whole forty days of period. If you don't aren't familiar with the term Lent, or if you haven't practiced uh, the liturgical calendar, which uh, only nerdy church people like me get really excited about liturgical shifts and colors that are purple, and you know you get to have these pyramids, but don't use these on the wrong Sunday. Uh, though technically we could have had whiteouts because it's uh, uh, Communion Sunday, but you know that's a whole nother story. Um, This season of Lent is about this journey time that takes place from Ash Wednesday, which was last Wednesday, all the way through Easter Sunday. It's 40 days minus Sundays. Uh, There's some important reason why we have uh, that, and there's some debate about exactly what that is. But uh, just know that the 40 days is every day between last Wednesday and Easter Sunday, which is April 16th. Yes, look at me remembering exact dates, um, and it's uh, it's a time of uh, uh, that's a little different. So, but before I get too much into that, I want to talk a little bit about something that happened on Thursday night. So, Thursday nights we have a survey as well. Uh, it's called our 11 p.m. healing service. Uh, If you've never been to it, you should totally come. I think many of the folks have been here, but if you haven't, you should absolutely come check it out. It's a very different service than this um, in that uh, the lights are darker. It's a little more quiet. There's a lot of intentional time for prayer. There's an opportunity for communion every week. um, And then one of the really interesting, cool parts uh, is someone shares, normally not me, um, actually normally one of you, offers uh, to signs up in advance so you know it's not on the spot or anything to come and share. And last Thursday we had Ian who is an alum of this community. He's now uh, studying at Wesley Theological Seminary next door. If you've ever been to Metropolitan's worship service, he's one of the guys who helps to lead the singing. He's got this incredible voice. Uh, he was actually a music major here at when he was at AU. Uh, Not that that's all that important, other than just to help you identify who Ian is. So, Ian had us do this thing. It was this crazy thing, because I don't handle this thing that he asked us to do very well. But he asked us to do it nonetheless, and that was, he told us to be quiet. So he stood from this exact same spot and he did a little intro, and then he had us quiet. Like completely silent. He didn't even have Nicole playing. It was just silent. And I don't know exactly how long he had it for, but it was like seven or 10 minutes. We just sat here in It It was eight minutes? Okay, see, that's what I have Rick around for. (laughs) Rick, our associate chaplain, everybody. So, anyway, uh, Ian invited us into this quiet stillness, into finding this quiet place so we could listen for that still small voice of God, to retreat into silence, to step back from ourselves, to pause and listen. When was the last time you really found time in your life to just pause? When was the last time you hit the whole button on your life, even if just for a moment? If I'm being honest, in my own life, I find that something that's rather elusive. It's something that, uh, well, I don't tend to stop for much of anything. And so my life tends to go and go and go. And I'm always in my head going, okay, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? What am I doing next? Even when I'm sitting at home and uh, I'm on a day off and I'm not necessarily doing anything, I'm thinking about all of the other things that I'm going to be doing for the rest of the day. And I don't often find time to stop and pause and listen. Sometimes, however, our next should be just a stop to not do, to just be and listen. This season of Lent is an intentional time in the Christian year where we've built that idea into uh, the practices of Lent, this time of preparation and self-reflection of fasting, self-denial, and prayer. It's this 40 days of setting aside to be ready, to confess, to remember what Easter means. Because we are a people of the already but not yet. It's already happened. We know we already are forgiven, that we already have new life. But in six weeks, we're going we're gonna to remember it once again. And so in this time, we are preparing ourselves to be ready to once again be born anew, just like we remember at baptism, when we are washed by the waters and we are made new. Each Easter is supposed to be a moment just like that, a moment to be new, to live into new life, a new start, a reset, if you will. Each Easter is an opportunity to begin with a clean slate. Maybe not in the world, but before God and one another. Because God, who in God's great, glorious goodness, chooses to forgive us, to make us whole, to make us new. And so we wander into this season preparing our hearts for 40 days. Now, part of this tradition comes directly from our Gospel reading this, uh, this afternoon, this evening, when Jesus goes out into the desert and he is tempted as he prays and fasts. Now to kind of place this in the biblical story, Jesus is just about to begin his ministry. He's on the cusp of his public ministry, and he, before he goes out and begins all of the things that he will be doing, the healings and the teachings, All of those things to show us his new way. Jesus steps aside and goes out into the wilderness of the desert. And he spends time fasting and and preparing himself. And he's seeking a renewal. Now to be clear though this isn't meant to be like a renewal like oh i've just had a a great day off or i've just had a day at the spa with a nice massage i'm relaxed renewed this is a renewal through struggle which maybe we don't think of renewal through struggle very often but struggle can very much bring about renewal in us as well and so jesus is out in the desert and he's being tempted three times he's tempted he's offered everything he could ever want, all the power of the universe, which ironically he already has, but that's a side point. He's being tempted with turning stones into bread. Jesus is struggling here in the desert, struggling with his own temptations, struggling to be and be ready for what God is calling him for. This time had been set aside for fasting and prayer. Not to focus on himself, but to focus on God. Because as much as Jesus was fully divine in that moment, Jesus was fully one of us. Human, flesh and blood. Jesus had a mind just like we have. Sometimes imagine what that would be like to be inside the head of Jesus, fully divine and yet fully human, because I know what it's like to be in my head. And Jesus, who must have struggled, because it tells us so in Scripture, that he, he struggled with temptations as well, though he does it much more handedly and says, be away from me. I don't need your power. Jesus struggles in this time, and he does it out in the desert, and he does it away. He's preparing himself, and in a way, he is being transformed in this time, just as God is calling us into the desert of these 40 days. These 40 days of our own transformation. That is the season we are in now. Now, another group I want to tell you about is... Uh, a group of folks known as the Desert Mothers and Fathers. These are the Abbas and Amas, as they were known at that time. Uh, They were a fourth-century group uh, who came about because Constantine had made Christianity the official and legal religion, and as such, Christianity began to spread rapidly. As the official religion of the empire, uh, lots of people began to take it on. And so there was this other group that saw some watering down of the faith. And so they sought to have a new way to experience a more devout, a more uh, intense faith, and to, in fact, die to self and to the world, to be born anew. And so they walked out into the deserts and formed communities there, separated themselves from the things of the world, separated themselves from all of the things of the culture, and spent their lives doing the work that needed to be done to get by, and then the rest of the time they spent in prayer. These desert mothers and fathers had some great wisdom to teach us about preparing one's heart These were the serious disciples of their day. Like, the really serious ones. I mean, after all, this is now several hundred years after Jesus. And so they, they were trying to find the true self, deconstructing the false self, the false narrative about who we are. Because, you know, I imagine everyone in this room at some point has had someone tell you who you are, right? Right? You've had, maybe it was society, my favorite one is when people talk about Millennials. And I like to remind everybody I'm actually Millennial too, and people <laughs> tend to forget that, fairly. I'm on the very beginning edge of it. People like to talk about what Millennials are, and what they stand for, and what Millennials believe, and I'm like, well, first of all, Millennials are just as diverse as any group, and we're one of the largest groups in the country, so how can you package us in a small box? How many of you have ever felt defined by other people? This is a shedding of that false self, that self that others give you, and a taking on of your true self. Your true self is who you were created to be by God. Shedding that image of what society says you are and living into the new birth and new life that comes with baptism. That is what these... Uh, Desert mothers and fathers were seeking. They were seeking to shed themselves of that false self. You see, for them, the emptiness of the desert or a monastery was not absence, but a space for listening. And so when they went away to the desert, they weren't so much escaping society but moving away from it, moving into the empty space where they could listen and they could hear the voice. It was about allowing the presence of God to be manifest in and around them. That is what they were seeking. It's the same thing we're doing here in this season of Lent. Now, I know we've t- I've heard some folks talk about it. Some of you have already heard what I'm about to say uh, about giving things up and what I'm giving up this year. Um, the practice of giving something up is uh, a practice of... <coughs> excuse me. This is a practice of, uh, of giving something out, up or taking something on, um, not as an exercise in willpower, or proving something to yourself. Those aren't bad things, but it's not about willpower, and it's not about doing a takeoff. Instead, this is about growing closer to God, finding a way to grow deeper into relationship with God. It's about finding a way to connect more with God. And so in this season, we often give something up or take something on. And so for myself, this year, I decided to give something up. And that is using my phone in the lull times, is what I'm calling it. That is using my phone as more or less uh, a boredom. when I get bored, when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, this is actually where the idea came from, that's why I keep referencing the grocery store every time I talk about this, because I was standing in line at the grocery store and the first thing I did was reach in my pocket and go like this. And when I'm doing this, am I paying attention to what's around me? Am I noticing the person in front of me or the person behind me? And I began thinking about how I do this a lot in my life. I mean, if I'm sitting around and the conversation kind of lulls, I pull out my phone. If I'm not doing anything while I'm sitting here waiting for the service to start, I might be tempted to pull out my phone, and that's not necessarily a bad thing in of, a, of itself, but it's that—what that does for me is it puts up blinders, and suddenly I come into this cocoon of my online world. And I don't notice the world around me. And so instead, this year, I'm giving that up. And I've actually already been tested on this because... Sure enough, Thursday afternoon, I was at a doctor's appointment, and I was waiting in the lobby, and in the lobby uh, room, there was one other person, and she was on her phone, and there were no magazines, and there was a TV on, but it had Dr. Phil on, and I'm not a super fan of Dr. Phil, not that there's anything wrong with Dr. Phil, I'm just not a... So I was sitting there, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Because my first instinct was to pull out my phone and start scrolling through. And I realized I couldn't, and so I instead decided to just sit and practice not doing anything. To not try to find the distraction to get through the time, but to just experience the time. I'm not going to say it didn't tick by a little slower than normal, but I survived. And my hope is that at the end of this practice, I'll be able to look back and not say, hey, I went 40 days without using my phone in a line, but rather say, I spent 40 days noticing the people around me. I spent 40 days engaging with the world around me almost all the time. I did my best to engage with others and to look for God in the world around me. To look for God in the silence and the lulls of the conversation. And so that's the Linton practice I'm taking on. Now, for some of you, maybe you haven't picked anything, and I want you to go ahead and, and set your worries aside. If you haven't picked something, you haven't started something, and you're worried because Ash Wednesday is already coming and on, and you've missed your opportunity, well, good news is there's still lots of opportunity. We have six whole weeks until we get to Easter. And you can even continue these practices afterwards. Uh, But as you're thinking about something you might want to give up, I invite you just to take the opportunity to think about what is it that's going to help me grow closer to God and grow closer with others? How can I more fully live into the commandment that Jesus gave us to love God and love one another as we love ourselves? How can I grow deeper? And two, where can I find the silences, the stillness? Because God has called us into this season, this season where we are invited to count ourselves lucky because we are getting a fresh start. The slate is being wiped clean. God's not holding anything against us, and so we're invited to hold nothing back from God. In this season of Lent, take the time. Find that quiet place because God is preparing you for this journey ahead. Amen.